Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Ishmael Kawaja. It's Thursday the 6th of June. Coming up, commemorations mark 75th anniversary of D-Day. All we had to do was run like hell and get up to the top of the hill, get over and then hide. Man pays tribute to a cousin who died in RAF crash on D-Day. Both of these young pilots needed to be remembered for what they'd done and their efforts that they contributed towards the Second World War. And system to help problem gamblers isn't working. That's the way it is, unfortunately. You know, they think of more of profit than of people's health. Kent Online News. Events have been taking place in the UK and northern France to mark the 75th anniversary of D-Day. More than 22,000 British troops died in the invasion by Allied forces, which ultimately ended World War II. Theresa May has paid tribute to what she called the greatest generation at a ceremony in Normandy. A cathedral service has also been held in Bayou, the first town to be liberated from the Nazis in the summer of 1944. 93-year-old Charles Bowyer was part of the top-secret operation and now lives at the Royal British Legion Industries village in Ellsford. He was one of thousands of soldiers who travelled across the English Channel and landed at Cold Beach in Normandy. He's been telling Tom what it was like. The journey across, how how was that? How were you That was not feeling? too bad, it's a bit rough, but we'd got some wet gear on and uh, we, th- we threw that in the river, in the sea. And all you could hear was all this noise and they were, they were sending shells onto the beach that, but all we had to do was run like hell and get up to the top of the hill, a small hill, and get, get over and then hide. <laughs> yeah. Now it's seen as such a momentous, it, massive it was. day. It, you, did, did you realise that at the time? Did you did you know that it was uh, going to be... Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I, th- I think we were, well, I suppose we, we, we were very confident. We, we were going out and sort the... <laughs> It wasn't quite like that. No, no, I guess not. No. But I was proud to be there, and I was happy to change my life at that time. Mm. I guess that did change your life massively, did it? Oh yes. Mm. I mean, I was going to peace and quiet, and you know, not losing friends. And I carried on for the next 20 years with the military police. What was, what was going through your mind at the time? Will I survive? Mm, of course, yeah. <laughs> uh, how long is it going to take? Uh, but we had a confidence in our unit that we were going to sort them out. Mm. And we'd been calm that night and we'd be in this cafe or something drinking, but it didn't happen. As part of commemorations for D-Day, 94-year-old Jock Hutton, who lives in Maidstone, performed a tandem parachute jump. He was in the 13th Lancashire Parachute Regiment in 1944. I just realised that Harry and I both jumped into Normandy during a war. Uh, So uh, this was a reincarnation of it. Quite enjoyable too. You know, we it's just changed world, you know, for, for military kept and so on. I'm surprised we got away with it in Normandy that night. 
because we dropped into the Pegasus Bridge area during uh, the night of 5th, 6th of June, before, six hours before the beach landing. Like everybody else, you live, you live for a wee while and then suddenly you get bat battered a bit, and I did. And I had to be sent back to England. But then I came back three weeks later and joined the battalion. Port Levesque. This is my third drop into Europe. The 65th anniversary, which I did, out of the helicopter. And uh, the 70th, which I did. Yeah. And now the 75th. I can't believe the time has gone so fast. But uh, I went to other units after you know, being because I was an orphan so I had no other option but to be in the army as a boy and uh, here I am today I've been a bit scared but <laughs> Meantime, a man whose cousin died in an RAF crash on D-Day is going to lay a wreath at the site where it happened today. Harold Root from Maidstone was killed at the age of 24 along with another man when the plane they were in went up in flames at a training school near Bristol. Simon told us more about what he and his family are doing. Today we are commemorating and remembering two RAF pilots who were killed on Tuesday the 6th of June 1944. Um, in a field about a mile away from Bristol Airport. Uh, both of these pilots were with the RAF and stationed at RAF Lullsgate Bottom, which is now the site of Bristol Airport. Both of the pilots, so my first cousin was Harold Roots, uh, his student was Peter Cadman, and both of these pilots were uh, from the Kent area, so uh, Harold was from Maidstone and Peter was from Canterbury. Or what I found out from my research is uh, Peter Cadman had served with the 7-7 Squadron uh, as a Halifax bomber pilot. Uh, he was a flight lieutenant. Uh, he'd only recently transferred from RAF Elvington to RAF Lawsgate Bottom where he was go undergoing his, um, his training to become a flying instructor himself. So my first cousin Harold was Peter's flying instructor. So we know that uh, at around about 8.30 on the 6th of June 1944, Harold and Peter uh, engaged on a routine training flight from RAF Lullsgate Bottom uh, and they were just conducting what they called uh, routine circuits. However, we know that at approximately 9.40am on that morning, a fire broke out in the port or the left-hand engine of the aeroplane they were flying and uh, unfortunately the fire then spread to the port or the left-hand wing and then that in itself spread to the tail of the aeroplane. Um, although both pilots tried to get the aeroplane back to RAF Lullsgate Bottom, sadly it crashed about a mile short of the, uh, of the airfield in, in a field where tragically both of the pilots were killed. I started my family research last year and Harold's story um, became evident quite quickly. So speaking to other family members, nobody remembered the story of Harold and him actually being in the RAF. So that sort of uh, encouraged me to dig a little bit deeper into Harold's story. So with the assistance of the internet, um, the um, RAF archives down at the RAF Museum at Hendon, the story began to emerge um, and it's one that was quite clearly forgotten. So Harold was an only child, 
Peter was an only child, so there was no siblings to carry on their story. Um, and as was very often the case in those days, these sort of things weren't passed down or they weren't discussed. Um, so as a result of the, the research, I felt that... Um, I felt that both of these young pilots needed to be remembered for what they'd done and their efforts that they'd contributed towards the Second World War. To find out what other events have been happening to mark D-Day, you can look on your local site at kentonline.co.uk. Kent Online reports. It's been confirmed M25 road rage killer Kenneth Noy has been released after nearly 20 years in prison. The 72-year-old was sentenced to life in 2000 for killing Stephen Cameron on a motorway slip road near Swanley four years earlier. Last year, he was moved to Stamford Hill on the Isle of Sheppey. The Ministry of Justice says he'll be on strict licence conditions. A man's been jailed for life for murdering a man whose body was found dumped in the stairwell of a block of flats in Chatham. James O'Rourke had suffered dozens of injuries at Caucus House on Shipwrights Avenue almost two years ago. 37-year-old Neil Taylor, who also lived there, will serve at least 22 years. Five people have been arrested after detectives in Kenton, Essex, uncovered an alleged money laundering ring worth more than £5 million. Police spent four months gathering intelligence before raiding a business in Beckenham, which is thought to have been used to produce a huge number of fake £20 notes. Two men are due at Crown Court in September. And undercover investigations revealed bookies in parts of Kent are not enforcing bans aimed at stopping problem gamblers. Our reporter Jack Dyson used the so-called Moses system to exclude himself from betting shops and went in to try and place a bet a few weeks later. I've been to all 15 betting shops that I'm self-excluded from across the district in Herne Bay, Whitstable and Canterbury. That's four in Herne Bay, four in Whitstable and the remaining seven in Canterbury. And in all of them, I was allowed to place £5 bets for the Champions League final for the correct score between Liverpool and Spurs. It seems, at least, that the self-exclusion scheme does not work. He wasn't turned away from any bookies, despite some of them asking to see his ID. Lucy has been chatting to John Spice, a recovering gambling addict who runs weekly Gamblers Anonymous meetings in Herne Bay. We have heard of this before. We have... uh... Uh, members come in with different stories and uh, that has been one of them even though they have self-excluded throughout. I mean that's always the first advice we give to to somebody turning up in the state um, and uh, in action as it were with uh, gambling is to put physical barriers in the way including self-exclusion from both online and betting shops. Um, but I think it's because the betting shops have a t- high turnover of staff sometimes and they choose to ignore it. Um, you know, it's, uh, it, it, that's the way it is, unfortunately. You know, they think of more of profit than of people's health. And how worrying is it? Like you said, it's, it's the first piece of advice you'd give, but if that isn't really working, how much of a concern is that? I've seen um, people come in to GA uh, with literally nothing and... Uh, in a terrible state with regards to how they're going to overcome this addiction. And um, if, if they're not being helped by the uh, gambling companies, it doesn't do us any good whatsoever, um, you, you know, or them, because it just encourages them to feed the addiction uh, day on day. It's, uh, it's so difficult. Um, it really is. I'm shocked, really, that they, uh, they're they not enforcing this. And this, this scheme in particular, I think, was brought, brought in a few years ago. Um, and the the Gambling Commission have said that it, it 
it is effective in a way that, it, like you said, it, it puts those blocks in place. Mm. Um, but do you think more should be done? Obviously, if this system isn't working, should there be a new system? Or do you think more needs to be done to make this system work? Well, I, I think they ought to do the best they can. Um, you, you know, uh, we've had uh, other members that uh, are hooked on going to um, service areas on motorways, you know, and they spend a fortune in there. I don't know if you've been in one recently, but uh, they're just like a mini casino now. Um, you know, the gone are the days where there's a few um, coin machines. Uh, you, you know, they, they, they are really, they've really invested a lot of money into taking money off of people. And he has, in fact, uh, excluded himself from several of these uh, service stations, and that seems to have worked. So that's one good thing, but uh, betting shops are a different matter, I believe. The Gambling Commission says it's now launched an investigation into the findings. Kent Online reports. A man who threatened a bar owner and bouncer with a toy gun in Folkestone has been jailed for 19 months. 50-year-old Andrew Maloney from the Derrington Lid aimed the fake pistol at the men and pulled the trigger three times following a row at Gillespie's in January. Anti-terror bollards are going to be installed at 18 locations in Canterbury by the end of October. More than 100 of them are going to block off the lower end of the high street as well as the road near Fenwick and Westgate Towers. The City Council is acting on advice from counter-terrorism police following a number of attacks where vehicles have been driven at pedestrians over the past few years. A passenger group has named Southern as having the worst levels of public trust out of any rail company in the country. Transport Focus says in four surveys since 2017, it scored between 17 and 22 percent. Their latest findings show almost a third of people trust Southeastern. A dog has been rescued after getting wedged between two buildings in Dartford. Firefighters were called to help the Jack Russell Terrier in Devonshire Avenue. Crews managed to make a hole in a garage wall to get her to safety. She's now recovering at her home. And £11 million is going to be spent on doing up a shopping centre in Tunbridge Wells. Renovation work at Royal Victoria Place will get underway in the autumn and will include upgrading the flooring, fitting new seating and pieces of art. It should be finished by next summer. That's it for now, but don't forget you can go to kentonline.co.uk for more news throughout the day. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.